With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Broadcasting from deep in the Eublifaris galaxy, on a small planet called Geconia, east of the albino hills and south of the raging leucistic river, comes the one, the only, Gecko Nation Radio. Good evening, citizens of Geconia. This is your host, Dave, speaking. I love that intro. It gets me pumped every time I hear it. Uh, I just want to welcome everyone to tonight's show. Today is January 19th, 2014, and uh, we're basically rocking the new year uh, pretty good. we got a lot of great shows ahead of us and uh, some good ones behind us. All the shows we did behind us are awesome. And um, I think we get better and better with every show that we do. And, you know, it's tough for me because, you know, I'm not a professional radio show host. I've never had any training whatsoever, and it definitely shows. But I get better and better every time. I just know I do. I feel more comfortable doing it. So, um, and it's a lot of fun, you know. If you guys have any aspirations of doing your own radio, whether it doesn't matter if you want to do it reptile-related or if you guys have any other interests, uh, I definitely suggest you pursue it and give it a shot because, uh, if you do it and you do it right and you organize it, it's a lot of fun. It really is. And you're doing a service to people that are interested in, in the similar things that you are. Um, so tonight we have a very special guest. We have Michael Behrens of Weeby Reptiles. We're going to find out what a weeby belly is tonight. Uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, Mike is a very well-known hobbyist and breeder uh, in the herpetocultural community. He has a really strong following on YouTube. And uh, that's basically how I know him from. And you can visit his channel at uh, youtube.com slash mbarons3277. It's spelled M-B-E-H-R-E-N-S-3277. And uh, check out his awesome dragons and frogs and everything. A uh, couple announcements for um, for next week what, coming up. Tuesday, we have... Uh, the guys, uh, the boys from Crawling Critters Radio. If you guys remember a long time ago, I did a show with them. Uh, that's Lenny from LAC Reptiles. That's Angel from Valentine Reptiles. And that's Drew the Entertainer. They have their own radio show. They weren't doing it for a while, but they're deciding to bring it back. And, uh, you know, that's, that's great. So we're going to help them. We're going to get them on the show. We're going to talk about uh, what their vision is for their radio show and just get to know these guys. Um, and then you guys will be able to go forward and check out uh, the content that they provide for the herb community. So uh, it's, it's a great thing. We have all these different uh, people making great radio and great content for the community, which is awesome. Uh, definitely check out Herp and Time Radio. Um, herp and Time is run by JD and Justin, and they've been going strong for over two years now. Great radio, herp-related, broad-based uh, topics. Lots of different things are discussed. And uh, just two really cool guys that do this really well. And they were my inspiration to start my radio career. 
A um, couple things I want to tell you guys about. Uh, after Curling Critters on Tuesday, next Sunday is the great Ron Tremper. And I just got done watching the video that Steve made for Ron. And I don't know. Steve just keeps out doing himself. He did an amazing job on this one, too. I'm going to put that video out. Um, trying to think if I'm going to put it out tonight or after Crawling Critters on Tuesday. I'll say I don't want to steal thunder from Crawling Critters show. Maybe I'll do it Tuesday night. You guys will have to wait for that. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and uh, definitely talk about our great sponsors. Uh, you know, Checkout Nation Radio just would not be possible without our sponsors. And we love our sponsors. Our my sponsor plugs are sincere. These are awesome businesses, awesome breeders, and check them out. Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by Rainbow Mealworms is the largest worm grower in the world and selling to the public since 1956. If you need the highest quality mealworms, superworms, and crickets for your pets, contact them at www.rainbowmealworms.net. Gecko Boa Reptiles is your source for the highest quality leopard gecko morphs and wild types, from white and yellows to radars, amazing tremper morphs, and rare subspecies. John is a world-class breeder and extremely knowledgeable. If you're looking for something truly special in geckos, Contact John Scarborough at geckoboa.com and on Facebook. abdragons.com is your source for the highest quality dubia roaches, whether you're starting a colony of your own or just need feeders for your insect-eating herps. abdragons.com can't be beat in quality or price. They are also a huge distributor of FlexWatt reptile heat tape and have very competitive pricing. Check out abdragons.com online and on Facebook. Dale's Bearded Dragons is your one-stop source for any reptile supply products that you may need, from Exoterra, Zoomed, Rapashi, Repcal, Fluker, and much, much more, and all at 20 to 50% cheaper than your local pet store or big chain pet store. They are also the biggest reptile supply distributor at most of the Northeast Expos. Contact them directly online at dalesbeardeddragons.com or message me on Facebook and I'll put you in touch with the owner. And if you're looking for quality food for your dubia roaches, crickets, mealworms, and superworms, look no further than MS2 Premium Insect Chow. Made with reptiles in mind, it contains no dog food, cat food, or chicken mash. Using only vegetable proteins and high-quality ingredients, MS2 Premium Insect Chow will have your feeders making a beeline for it. Contact ms2ent.weebly.com or... It can also be purchased at Rainbow Mealworms and AB Dragons. Okay, everybody, we are back. And uh, a couple of cool things I want to talk to you talk to you guys about before we get started tonight. And uh, one of the things is, I don't know if you guys are experiencing ovulations with your female leopard geckos right now, but it seems that uh, a lot of us are. And it usually coincides with this time of year. So if you guys are, are planning on breeding your leopard geckos. I just want to, for the beginners out there, I just want you guys to uh, consider a few things. Make sure your females are up to weight. Make sure you, you're giving them plenty of calcium. And don't just jump into this and breed them for the sake of breeding them. Make sure you do your research and uh, determine if they are 
the best candidates for breeding. And that goes for any uh, reptile that you'll be breeding this year. Um, for my collection, I basically have the last of the uh, 2013 babies, or excuse me, a lot of them are juveniles now. So I do have some more geckos available, not too many left. And um, if you guys are going to be coming to the next White Plains show in February, um, I'll likely be blowing out the last of my my uh, 2013 stock. So you probably get some really good deals. But a um, couple things else that I want to mention is uh, I want to I want everybody out there to uh, send some positive energy for Marcy Sowers of MS2. She's going to be going into surgery uh, soon at the end of this month and uh, just send her some positive energy so she gets through this good and um, bounces back well and recovers. Uh, so that's, I definitely, definitely rally some, uh, some support from you guys. Also, uh, Gecko Nation group on Facebook, you guys are awesome. I think we just hit, well, we did just crest over 1,000 members, which is incredible for a group that's only a few months old. So uh, thank you, everybody. You're doing great in there. I can't believe the camaraderie that's going on in that group. And um, I'm seeing a trend where a lot of other groups are going drama-free, and uh, it's a good thing. It's definitely a good thing. Uh, the herb community is starting to look a little better out there to the outside world, which I like. And uh, one of the things that we need to uh, definitely be concerned about is the legislation that's coming down on us in a lot of different municipalities, towns, uh, states and uh, such are passing laws against uh, exotic animal ownership, and that's going to—that's a trend that's going to continue. Everyone, uh, that's not going to stop anytime soon. So, um, we, we need to not only do we need to support USARC and donate to their legal defense fund at www.usarc.org, uh, but we also need to become our own advocates on a state and local level because I don't believe USARC is going to be able to handle everything. So, if you guys are serious about owning exotic animals and not, you know, those, and you don't want to give them up um, or have them becoming illegal overnight, you know, you're going to have to defend yourselves, okay? You can also learn about advocacy and how to, how to defend yourself on the U.S. Herpetocultural Alliance's website, www.usherp.org. And uh, Andrew Wyatt has a blog there. Follow his blog. He's uh, very confident in this. He's very skilled in this. He's been doing advocacy for a very long time. And uh, there's nobody out there better to teach you how to do it on your own. <clears throat> All right. Um, one last thing that I want to tell you guys about. If you guys are new to geckos, okay, and you've uh, stumbled on this radio show, which is great. I'm glad you're here, by the way. Um, you're have, you have a lot of questions. You want to know how to make different morphs. You want to know where the good geckos are. You want to know all kinds of great things about geckos, right? Of course you do. There's a place for all that. And the name of that place, Gecko Forums. Gecko Forums is... Did you know that since 2006, there's been a treasure trove of history and information on leopard geckos and other species? Well, Gecko Forums is the most extensive database of leopard gecko history on the web right now. Take a look and delve into the past, present, and future of this great community. The biggest contributors, breeders, and hobbyists have left their mark there. Now it's your turn. Look, learn, and post away. Need a place to post animals for sale? Look no further. Visit geckoforums.net and become a member today. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to be the official radio show associated with Gecko Forums. And don't forget, Gecko Forums is run by 
Thad from Ohio Gecko. And Ohio Gecko is also a sponsor of Gecko Nation Radio, which is awesome. Uh, Thad's got some very, very unique projects uh, that are, um, well, unique to his collection. He's got some uh, interesting fat tail morphs, uh, starbursts, and he also has some really interesting, uh, like, reduced pattern super snows that I'm really impressed with. Not to mention just amazing tangerines and stuff like that. Definitely check out um, OhioGecko.com if you guys are in uh, the market for really cool leopard geckos. And he'll be at the uh, next White Plains show, I think, too. Um, so, yeah, there's one last thing that I wanted to tell you about with my collection, which is pretty interesting. If you follow me on Facebook, you likely saw I recently posted some pictures of a smoothie leopard gecko. Um, I have a few of these geckos here that <clears throat> excuse me, are showing very, very reduced uh, bumps on their body and just really smooth uh, skin. It's, re- it's very smooth. In fact, in some areas, there's, it's basically void of any bumps that leopard geckos usually have. And over the next uh, season or two, I'll be figuring out how exactly it works and see if it's reproducible and see what we can get from it. Um, So wish me luck, guys. I'm really excited. There are a couple other breeders. I know Matt has a project like that, and uh, he was telling me somebody else does too. So uh, I think smooth leopard geckos are definitely in our future. And I know Mike uh, from Weeby Reptiles has some smoothie dragons. So we're going to hit on that tonight too. So I'm not going to waste any more time, and I'm going to go ahead and bring on Mike Barons from Weeby Reptiles. Mike, you're live on Gecko Nation Radio. How are you doing, Dave? I'm glad to be here. Oh, doing good, you got a pretty uh, exciting we... station here. I like it. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome show. I, I, I'm i so happy with it. Uh, it's got a great following, too. How's everything going with you? Everything's great. The animals are doing great. We're doing great. Um, just you know, getting everybody along, having new clutches coming along, growing everybody as they go. You know, helping along people who need their help, you know, with their babies and whatnot, and adults and everything else, you know. I tend to do a lot more help than actually breeding nowadays and stuff because it's it's just easier and better to actually try to help the kids that are starting to learn about bearded dragons so that way that they're actually raising their bearded dragons healthy and strong and not replacing them like pet stores want them to do. But, you know, that's the usual right. plan. The pet store doesn't really give them the correct information, hoping that they'll return them soon just so they can just purchase another animal from them. So, you know, just like you, Dave, you know how you have this great station and stuff. We try to educate people and help people out so that way they're not replacing their animals every week or every month. Hey, Mike, let me tell you, no one can dispute the fact that you genuinely love and care for your pets. It, it's just apparent. I appreciate that. For any, yeah, anybody that watches your videos just knows it. I mean, you can just, you can tell. Um, hey. And, you know, you, you have a following now of, what, about 6,000, I think? Yeah, about 6,000 on YouTube. I don't even know what it is on Facebook because it just adds up every day. (laughs) Right? Isn't it amazing? Yeah. I mean, I love it because it's more people I can reach out and help. It's not really for me. It's not a business, to be honest with you, because I don't really do any kind of sales, to be honest with you. It's like most of the time I get asked all the time, what do you have available? And I really don't have anything available at the time because (laughs) the market right now for reptiles is very flooded. I appreciate it, and I love hearing about, you know, kids nowadays all wanting to learn about breeding and everything like that, and it's great, you know. I mean, I like for them to learn about it, but trying to dabble into the breeding itself is a little bit, you know, a little irresponsible at a young age because there's a lot to do with it, you know. Not not only the care for the animal, but, you know, the actual effect of the market out there is just so flooded, and there's no real homes mm-hmm. for these animals that we're all reproducing. So for me, myself, not that I'm going to stop, but I'm definitely going to do a lot 
lot smaller productions just so that I know for sure that all my animals are getting great homes because I don't wholesale. I will never wholesale. If it ever comes down mm-hmm. to where my animals are just overstocked in my home, like, you know, I did recently on a page of mine, I just reduced the prices down to, you know, what seems to be a wholesale price and just get, you know, a good home for them. But wholesaling for me is not my thing. I, I'm I'm more into making sure that I know where each and every one of my animals are at. And I've always said that to everybody. If you're not happy with the condition of my animal or you're not just happy with the way they are, just call me up and I'll take my animal back, no problem. No questions asked. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, my, my, my goal is not to make you unhappy. My goal is to make you happy with the animal that you have for me. Maybe a bearded dragon and hopefully in the near future leopard geckos. Not that I'm trying to step on mm-hmm. your toes, Dave. But, uh, you know, it's just I want to expand it and help out, you know, as much as I can with everything, you know. That's that's what this should be about, you know. And I see that with Dave, you know. When I'm with this radio station, it shows that this means more to you than just, you know, the the profit, the uh, continuance of making the the hobby. And, you know, it, it is. There is no you know, it's, it is. Well, see, here's the thing that, that really, you know, a lot of people, they they put this label, they say money breeders. Now, let's be realistic, guys. You know, we are all trying to do this for a purpose. And I know we're trying to do this to do better for the animal, but we also want to make this a hobby that can be also a living. So we do want to make money as this. And there's no way to make this a business that we can make this our passion, our everyday life, where we don't have to punch a clock every day to nine to five. We can punch a clock into our, you know, our bearded dragon or geckos or whatever it is that is our passion. But, of course, we do it because we need to make money. We can't do this without making types of money. Now, nobody's saying there's money grubbers. Of course, there's people that want to charge triple, three times the amount of the value of the animal. That's a money breeder. But when you've got people that are just trying to get sustain enough money to keep their breeding going, it's all it is is help. You know, so the label of money breeding, it, it's, it's very, 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 like, thin line because there's a lot of people that are actually doing it for the money, but they don't, they think that they're getting they're going to make a lot of money, and that's the biggest mistake people make. They're like, oh, these bearded dragons, they spit out 40, 50 eggs at a time. If I make the math out, $50 a piece, I'll be rich by the end of the year. That's not the case at all. <laughs> when you you no, look at those 500 babies, you look at those 20 babies or those 50 babies, it costs you almost, what, 1,000 to maybe 1,500 crickets a week. So you're looking at yep. 15 to $30 a week in feeding. Now, you're going to have to hold those babies for a minimum of five, six weeks if you're a good breeder. So if you do that, you're spending almost $100 easy on each animal. So it's not that easy to just go and say, I'm going to make money, because you're not. And then you've got to remember, you have everybody out there trying to be a breeder. So now you have to, now you have to fight with everybody else out there. So it's not that easy. And then you guys want your breeders, your favorite breeders, to continue doing their breeding. You can't flood the market with more animals that are available to people other than the ones that are of quality. You know, I'm not saying you guys aren't producing some quality stuff because you're buying quality animals from good breeders and you're doing some good stuff, which is great. But you're also flooding the market and slowing down the market for people like us that are trying to make, you know, this uh, an art for us. In other words, we want to continue doing this for you guys. You know, this isn't just for us. You know, we want to continue making you guys happy out there. Seeing the stuff that we produce makes you guys excited and happy. In other words, In order for us to continue doing that, the market has to slow down. We have to stop flooding it with so many backyard breeders. You know, when you want to do breeding, do this after years of caring for them and knowing about them. And when I bred, my first time breeding took me four years 
before I actually did something. I mean, you don't just jump into it so fast because there's a lot to do with it. You know, you got UVB lights that you got to get for your for your babies. Your power lights go up. Everything goes up. You know, things change. You know, when you have a breeding project, you have to devote your entire life to that. And this is something that yeah. kids don't understand. You have to take your childhood and put it on pause. Because those animals are number one. When you wake up in the morning, they get fed. When you come home from school, they get fed. Before they go to bed, you go, you, they get fed. So this is something that's your life. You have to take away your childhood and stop it. Because this is your life. This is what my life is. I wake up in the morning, three hours before work, I have to take care of my animals. Six in the morning, I've got to be at work at 10. I leave my house at 9.30. I'm always working late because I take three and a half hours in the morning just to care for all my animals, feed them, clean them. I mean, it's bathe them. It's not an easy thing, you know. So then I get no. home from work, and it's another three more hours. And a lot of times I don't even get to spend, you know, quality time with them. It's a lot of times just keeping them healthy and clean so that way they're healthy. And it's not even a, a, an enjoyment sometimes. You guys got to realize, you know, what looks like, you know, fun is really a lot of work. You know, Mike, yeah, you're, I, you're right. And, and I, I think um, – the problem, I think, is, though, that a lot of us, uh, we're locked in this financial system. And, yeah. you know, nobody can, nobody can dispute the fact that we all have bills to pay and, you know, we all uh, just have responsibilities. That we're, we're, in a, we're in a system that promotes competition. We've got to make money. We've got to pay the bills. Pay the bill. And um, turn your radio, Mike. Turn your radio, Mike. What's up? I'm getting some feedback. Um, but anyway, uh, so anyway, that's okay. Um, basically, a lot of people that want to come into this, which is one, one of the things that I want to do, and is what you do is we basically uh, encourage people, we share our enthusiasm, we get others involved, and that's the whole point. If, um, I think, though, that, I, and I mentioned it on the last episode, I think there is a potential uh, for, a number, well, I'm going off on a tangent, there's a responsibility <laughs> for each of us. There's a responsibility for each of us that if we're going to get involved in this, we need to create uh, at least more, I don't know, I would say at least 10 more followers. Support. With every, right. We, we, it's, our, it's our responsibility to get more people involved because, uh, like you're saying, if, if a lot of uh, people keep deciding, okay, I want to make a business out of this, you know, eventually, yeah, there's going to be some problems out there. I don't see it yet with leopard geckos. I, I, mean, I know... Dragons are produced on, a, on a, I think, a much bigger scale. But um, yeah. there is a, there is the potential that if more breeders pop up and there's not people buying them, that's the problem. So I believe everybody that wants to come into this, wants to do this as a quote-unquote business, or at least make their money back from their investment, then right. it's their responsibility to get others involved. And uh, right. for somebody like that, Mike, do you have any advice to, to that for people that are coming into this? That, um, do you have any advice to them on how to get others uh, motivated well, just, and involved in herpetoculture? I mean, the best thing to do is, and, and do is like I do. And, you know, the reason why my name is so popular is because my life is an open book. Everything that I do is is public to everybody. I put it on YouTube. I put it on Facebook. I'm probably the biggest mm-hmm. Facebook uh, junkie you can find. I'm on it more than anybody you can find. I've had people tell me <laughs> all the time, there's never been a moment that you never reach out to me and I don't respond to you. I mean, I do have my time where from midnight to 6 a.m. I have to sleep. But besides that, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. You know, you, you, you PM me. I respond quicker than anybody's ever said. They've always told me. I've never had a breeder respond to me so fast like I do. So if you want, you know, you want to help that. people, 
You want to help people, you have to be on top of it. You have to be there to help them. The communication mm-hmm. cannot end after the purchase is over. The communication has to get even better at that point because you've got to make sure that that animal is being cared for properly. You know, I mean, right. I've actually, I actually personally, I mean, I'm sorry, guys, don't take this personal, but I will stock your page for a couple of days before I send you or even agree to send you a baby because I want to make sure that you're actually the right person for my animal. You know, these these guys are my my babies. You know, I put a lot of work into these guys, you know, and if I find out that, you know, your page looks like you've got some type of animal abuse or anything that even remotely makes me feel uncomfortable, I'll deny the sale. I'm sorry. You know, this is my child. This is my baby. I took too much time and effort and love to, you know, to allow you to hurt him. You know, and I've mm-hmm. had a few people that have disappeared on me, and, you know, I, I, I will find you, you know, don't worry about it. You know, I'll find my baby, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, it's just, I, I, I do require it because I, it's hard enough for me to allow you to have my child, and I have no problem with that, as long as you share with me every moment you have with him. Now, if you disappear so from me, then how problems, can I help you? Huh? Have you had problems, Mike? You've had problems with people out there, Mike, where, you know, you didn't... No, 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 problems... Happen? Problems as far as, like, they don't give me updates, you know. They just, like, disappear on me. And I'm like, all right. You know, because like I say uh, to them before I sell the animal, I tell them, I need a year from you weekly, you know, because if there's any health issues, how am I supposed to know if I don't see how it's going on daily and daily and weekly, you know. Like, my good mm-hmm. friends, like Hunter, Hunter, he knows. He, he gives me my, uh, my weekly updates, and I'm sure he's listening. You know, and uh, he gives me his weekly updates on my little guy, Freddy Krueger. And, and I enjoy that, and I appreciate that because that's what I need to see to know that my animals are happy and they're healthy and they're being mm-hmm. cared for properly. You know, and I don't care. Don't be scared that, you know, oh, my animal's not eating, he's not growing. You know, they go through these things, and if you don't let me know, I can't help you. And I'm not going to deny you, and I'm not going to call you a bad owner because something is wrong, because all animals have their times where something will go wrong, and we just got to know how to treat it, and that's it. And I'm not going to help you. Yeah. Don't reach out to me. And that's the one thing mm-hmm. I'm here for. I'm here for help. I'm here to help you first. I've had more people come to me and ask me for help with animals that they haven't even purchased from me. And I have no problem helping you. It doesn't matter that it doesn't come from me. I'm still going to help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't have any it's the reptile community. That's what we're here for. I, yeah, I, I didn't have any problem sending you those geckos. I knew for a fact that they were going to be, like, spoiled to, spoiled rotten <laughs> for you. So. Yeah. <laughs> You know? I'm, I'm trying to give you little guys. You know, they're still they're still settling in. I'm loving them. I'm telling you why. I'm sitting actually right now staring at them as we're talking, and I'm just uh, I'm fascinated. I love these little guys so much. They're awesome. Aren't and they I'm, I can't wait to get. Yes, yes. Beautiful is is an understatement. It's it's amazing how the artwork is on these guys, and that's the one fascination that I have with bearded dragon. People ask me all the time, "What's your favorite dragons?" And I'm like, "The ones with more color." The ones with the the rainbows, and if people see my my history of my animals, the ones I produce, they're typically animals that have multi shades of colors. I have a lot of solids, reds, but multi every multi color is my favorite. You know, it, it just it looks like someone painted this artwork on these animals, and that's beauty to me. That's why when I see a lot of great breeders out there and I see their work, I actually call them artists because to me that's art. You know, it takes mm-hmm. art to do that. It takes a talent to do that. It's just not something that just happens, you know. A lot of kids even ask me, oh, how did you get that and that? It's, it takes a while. you got to know what you're doing to get that to happen, you know. you got to know the genetics of the animal. Like you, Dave, you, 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 I'm sure your mind is rattled with all the kinds of morphs when it comes with, with uh, geckos. I'm just starting to learn, and I can't even imagine. It's huge. You guys have so many morphs. It's amazing. And, and you know, let me tell you, you're, you're right, and you can see, you can actually see a breeder's vision in their work and what they produce. And, uh, right. and, you know, there are there are definitely people that have a keener eye for subtlety and for genetics than others. That's 
that's definitely that's a given. Um, oh, that's yeah. not to say that anybody is a bad breeder or doesn't ha- have any talent at all, because it also has no. to do with what your animals are going to do for you. Sometimes they don't do what you want, and the genetic, the genes don't line up the way you want them to. But a right. lot of people today are even starting to find appreciation in uh, the normal wild type of leopard geckos, which is great. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm sure people love normal, regular dragons as well. What do you, wouldn't you say, Mike? Oh, of course, of course. There's a huge following that loves the original bearded dragon. You know, my, my first uh, person that actually taught me about bearded dragon, Olivia Warner, I mean, she she originally loved the original bearded dragon. She tried to, like, start us up on trying to get them to come back and stuff. And to be honest with you, it's important that we do breed some of the normal bearded dragons back into our morphs because the morphantation itself is a weakness in genetics. And if we don't start putting some of the original genetics back into them, the babies are just going to come out even weaker and weaker. And our clutches are not going to come out as successful as we want them to be because the genetics are just getting so weak inside. You know, it's it's rare to find nowadays a normal bearded dragon. I mean, I'm not saying they're not out there, but you'll rarely find one. And, and not that it's a bad thing, but in the same sense, we still need to make sure they're still around because without them, there was no other bearded dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And, and that's you know, that's a great point. I just brought up the fact um, recently that I uh, did some outcrossing with some leopard geckos. They were, uh, you know, selectively bred for so many generations that, you know, the, the, the actual morph was incredible, yet you could tell that yeah. the geckos just weren't, you know, they didn't have that same zest or that same spirit in them that of some of the course. other ones had. So I had to spend two seasons outcrossing them into wild-caught bloodlines and then back to uh, together so that I could not only strengthen the, the morph, but also, um, you know, keep that morph's beauty that was basically worked on for so many years. So it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't easy. It took two years now. Well, actually, I'm going into the well, third year with it. But, well, what, yeah. you're doing, what you're doing right there is you're actually just strengthening the animal's genetics in general because it's, it's weakening as more morphs are being brought into it. So by putting in a little bit of a wild natural gecko genetics into it, you're strengthening it because the, re- the original gecko is, is all original. It's, its strengths are all there. It's not missing any weaknesses. Now, by bringing that into a morph, you're just bringing more strength into that genetics. You know, that's a positive, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a responsible way of breeding. You know, that's what's necessary for all of us to do. You know, we need to do that to continue our, our morphs to get stronger and stronger. Like the one morph that's yep. pretty weak with bearded dragons is the translucent tra- tra- uh, morph. Now, that's a very popular yeah. morph. Everybody loves the translucent. They, they love the black eyes, the translucent scales, and I am myself in, in love with it as well. But that right there is probably one of the weakest morphs we have. They have the most reduction of what the original bearded dragon was. So with all that morphantation going on, it's a very weak animal. So that animal there... You know, a lot of kids ask me, or a lot of people in general, just let me stop even saying kids, because even adults ask me, you know, um, is it a good idea to do a trans or trans? I hear that it's not. Well, it's not a good idea, because, you know, it's, it, a lot of people are like, is it inbred? Because, you know, the transgenetics aren't any more as new as they used to be, but in general, it's a very weak line. Now, this is something I learned from Josh D., the master of dragons. I mean, you guys know it. You've heard the name Josh Dovenberger. He's the master of science, as we call him the best. Because he is. I mean, if you need something done, he's the man to go to. So he's told me himself, the trans gene, when pairing trans to trans, you're actually bringing the genetics back even more. You're actually weakening it up. So it, it's actually just a bad idea. It, it's better to spread it to a more normal genetic 
In other words, by normal. And here's another thing that kids, uh, I mean, people, God, i got to stay up saying that. But people got to stop, you know, asking. They go, was my bearded dragon? You know, everybody's like, well, you know, isn't it a morph? Well, a morph is being confused. People think that because a color is different than a beige, that it's a morph. Well, that's not a morph. Mm-hmm. That's actually a phase. It's a color phase. Now, it can be genetic in an animal, but it's just a color phase. It's not a morphantation. Now, mm-hmm. a morphantation is a change of the original look of the animal, the scales, the, the reduction of scale, the black eyes. You know, now, with the dunners that we have, which is the reverse patterning on the scale, or you have now the witch splits and the zeros that have absolutely no patterns whatsoever with one solid color. Now, that's a morphantation mm-hmm. because that's a complete change from the original bearded dragon. That's a morph. Now, a color yep. phase is just a color phase. So when you guys come to me all the time saying, what is my bearded dragon? All you got to do is look at him real quick and say, okay, does he look like a normal bearded dragon? I mean, does he got black nails? Does he have spiky, spiky back? Does he have regular brown color eyes? Then, yes, he's a normal bearded dragon, but he's red. And then he's a red, pretty normal bearded dragon. That's what he is. And still, that's yeah. a very beautiful animal. It doesn't mean that you don't have, you don't, it's not a normal, but it is a normal. It's just a red, normal bearded dragon. Now, if it had anything right. like a clear nails, then you're going into hypo. If it has a reduction of scale, you either have a reduction or a leatherback or a silky. And then you either have your um, dunners, with splits, uh, what do we got now, Redu- um, recessive leathers. I mean, we got a, Two new genetics have been coming out, thanks to Josh D. And that's why we say Josh D is the best, because he's helped us bring out a bunch of new genetics. And, you know, that's one thing that beardies are missing compared to geckos. Like the geckos having the large, large number of more beardies, you know, we're, we're, we're smaller. We, you know, but we're trying to get there. We're trying to catch They're up to you guys. Not that we, we're trying. We're <laughs> trying, you know. It's, it's slowly but surely happening. You guys have got us really big, because you guys got a hell of a number. <laughs> Well, I think we also have a good 30-plus years on you, too. Well, you know, leopard mm-hmm. geckos were, yeah, leopard geckos were brought in uh, by Ron Schremper and others, I think, 30-plus years ago. So and I think dragons are relatively, you know, around no. half that time, you know, like 15, no, 20, uh, perhaps. Rob from Sanfire Ranch brought them out 30 years ago. Really? Actually been okay. 30 years. Yeah, yeah, they've been around for oh. a while. Yeah, well, I, was a kid. I remember the first sandfires. I remember those first yeah. orange ones when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, Ron. That man is—he's a legend. He's a—you know—he's a legend. Everybody knows if you know about Bearded Dragons, you know about Ron Sandfire Ranch. You know, you get the best. Yeah. Even Josh Dovenberg and some of the greatest breeders out there have worked underneath him and learned their their traits from him. You know, he's the best. He is the man to go to. Hey, uh, hey Mike, a, how old are you? Hmm? Me, I'm I'm 36 old years old. Okay, I'm 37. We grew up in the same time. Do you remember when? You um, do you remember that little small publication, Reptile and Amphibian Magazine, the small one? I can't remember that. Oh, I remember. In, in South Florida, we had we had all kinds of stuff. It was it was different for us because we had the Everglades, so we had our own little Florida magazine. When they used to, when the first Sandfire Dragons came out, and they had the ads in those in those magazines, and you know really? that was when we had we had to order priceless in the mail from breeders. Uh, it was a totally different time, but yeah, That's awesome. I think that that was the. I'm glad I got to see that the evolution of uh, right. the reptile community and you know the internet and how it how it changed everything. That's my next question to you. Um, how do you feel uh, the internet and social media has affected the uh, the community and, and pros and cons? What do you feel? What do you think? I mean, it's great. It's it's awesome, honestly, because I feel that it's helped people be able to reach out to 
breeders that are willing and wanting to help out easier, you know, and they're able to reach mm-hmm. out to people much in an easier way. And we're actually able to reach out to further places. And with the different medias, if the breeders use each media, they're able to reach out to every person because not everybody uses Twitter, not everybody uses Instagram, not everybody uses YouTube, but if we all use the same, like all the services, we're able to reach out to more people. And like I said, this is, if we're doing this to help, we want to reach out as many people as possible. You know, I've got mm-hmm. followers and friends in, in Malaysia and, and, uh, and other places on the other side of the world that, you know, just call me up all the time. Not call me up, but, you know, they send me a message all the time. Hey, Mike, can you help me out with this? No problem. Here you go. Da, da, da. And then they just thank me for it. And it's a fulfilling feeling to know that I'm able to help somebody on the other side of the world. And it's all due to media. You know, if it wasn't for the YouTube or if it wasn't for the Facebook or the Instagram, I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to reach out to people that far out. And so I really do, I think it's a positive thing, but I think we should use it more often. You know, it should be something that we should use as, a, as an advertisement as far as for advertising help, advertising, you know, anything. And, you know, the radio station, the the, the animals themselves, it's, it's great. I, mean, the, the, I honestly think, like, the YouTube, I don't even see uh, Facebook as even, like, Facebook itself. To me, honestly, Facebook is my bearded dragon world. I mean, I go on it, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, just, it's just for my dragons, you know. I know everybody has their, their reasons they go on, but me personally, I'm only there for you guys that need my help, and that's it. You know, otherwise, Facebook... It's not really for me, you know. It's it's a reach. For, yeah. It's a it's a gateway for me to reach you guys the easiest way, you know. And I feel it's the best way for me because they they, they do help, you know. They push a lot of our ad, our ads and our you know our names out there to recommendations, and it's great, you know. With these groups, especially, I mean, a lot of the groups I don't I don't go on them because you know they start off great. You get a lot of great people in there that are actually looking for help. And then you get a couple of bullies in there. And when the bullies get in there and they start to run their mouth, I'm very hard at keeping my mouth shut. So to prevent <laughs> myself looking bad and giving my name a bad name, I just stay away from the groups. Because I personally, I mean, people can tell you on my YouTube videos, I mean, I'll go on the, you know, the refty shows and I mean, I'll call a person out straight out. I don't care. I, I mean, this is a business to me, but not really because this is my hobby. So I don't depend on it as an income. So if you don't buy my dragons, I'll still do them next year. Well, the same thing. Well, is, that's how I, I feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's cyberbullying. Yeah. There's crazy people. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds you got to deal with. It's, oh, yeah. you know, it's just what it is. Um, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I deal with it but, too, but but you know, I I created the Gecko Nation group, and there's no drama in there at all. And it's and absolutely it's not just yeah. I've noticed that. It's, but how can you have drama when you have animals that smile all the time? I mean, these little guys are <laughs> always happy. I mean, <laughs> you can't get mad if somebody's smiling at you. I mean, of course, of course. Anywhere you go, you're going to find some drama, but you guys definitely have it on the down. That's definitely good. It's a very nice group. I, if you notice, I do definitely post on there, and I have no issues with that group. That group's actually great, you know. But, you, you know, I, I do dabble. I, do, I don't mind putting my name in there a couple of times here and there. People do like to reach out and try to post my name on groups and, like, in discussions. Hey, Mike, can you give your info? And I do help out. But I don't try to do anything other than that because I don't want to instig- instigate something and start a problem, you know. And you know, Weeby's not about that. I'm not there to cause problems. I'm there to just help. You know, if you guys post me in there or tag me in there because you need my advice, I'll come in there and say that and just walk away because that's all I'm there for. You know, just for a little bit so of you, help. That's cool. Speaking of Weeby, what is? How did you come up with the name Weeby? And what is a Weeby belly? <laughs> it, okay. Okay. Well, Weeby itself was. It was kind of like I just 
the word we and then we be, I mean, we be reptiles, like we are reptiles. And then I just figured, like, that kind of sounded kind of corny, saying we are reptiles, so I just throw the we be together and thought it was a good nifty name because, you know, how a lot of breeders have these three-word names, like uh, where dragons well, bloodbag dragons. I mean, it's like three long words, and, I mean, that's kind of hard for some people to remember, so... I figured I'd just give it something short and sweet that everybody can remember. And I couldn't really get it out of my head the first time I said Weeby, so I was like, I might as well stick with it. But um, <laughs> the uh, Weeby Bellies, that was actually not even brought on by me. That was all brought on by a great friend and follower that just kept following my page and seeing how all my animals just had these huge bellies. I mean, my babies had bellies, my, my adults had bellies, and... They all just started saying, man, you guys have some weeby bellies. I'm like, that's kind of pretty cute you saying that. And they're like, yeah, it's just all your animals have these huge bellies. And I guess that, that weeby belly. So that's where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. It's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. <clears throat> and now everybody applies yeah. it to basically everything now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't, just have, you don't just have dragons, though. You have all kinds of stuff over there. Why don't you tell oh, us yeah, a little yeah. about, about your, other, your other projects, Mike? No, yeah, I, I unfortunately I've been a little sick today, so I wasn't able to do an um, an update video, which I promised everybody. And please forgive me, guys. I will try to do it tomorrow. But um, oh, my entire colony consists of, of course, bearded dragons, my passion and love, and I also have uh, my Savannah Monitor, which I call Toes. It was actually my very first reptile, starting all over again into the reptile uh, hobby. He I rescued, and the reason I call him Toad was because he was a very aggressive baby and bit his toes and his tail off. So he has no toes and he has no tail. So he's still a very big, beautiful, lovable Savannah monitor, my favorite guy ever. You know, he eats a big beast and he eats like crazy. Um, mm -hmm. Above him, I have also five ball pythons. I have a spider ball python. I have a bumblebee python. I have a pinstripe python and a calico pastel python. And nice. then I, I'm, I'm, I'm dabbling with those as well. My, my little sister at uh, Donnie Ferrari over at uh, Naughty Dragon, she is also very, uh, very, very good breeder. You guys, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard her name. I've said it plenty of times. She's my little sister. And she's actually going into the snakes as well. She's getting a really beautiful collection going right now. And the stuff she's going to come out with is just phenomenal. I personally, I'm not going to lie to you guys, I like the snakes. I love them. I'm, I'm really starting to get really annoyed feeding them because I can't stand having to feed mice and rats. I mean, those guys are just a little too cute for me. I, I can't help it. I mean, on the ride to the house with them in the box, I look in the box, and I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I wish they were vegetarians. But, you know, I understand I it's just it's evolution of life, and we all have to do it, and that's, that's another reason why I don't feed my dragon pinkies. I just I just can't see it. I don't. I, it's just torture. It's just torture for me. I mean, I can't see that. It's just torturous. But going back into it, I'm sorry. I also have a um, two uh, Pac-Man frogs. I had uh, my girl, yours, uh, Strawberry, you know her, or Pumpkin, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And uh, yep. I also have my other girl, Splash. And then I have um, my Blue Tongue Skink, Phoebe, and uh, my two new acquired uh, um, geckos, my uh, Diablo Blanco and my Max Snow Triple Head. I mean, two beautiful, amazing geckos that... They're the start to the colony. It's not going to end there, I'm sure. Oh, I got another one actually coming from Dave sometime next week. So that's a third, mm -hmm. and then I got another one that's coming from another friend. And it just, it's, it's, a, it's a spiral. I mean, once I start collecting, it never ends, and the colony gets bigger and bigger, faster and faster. 
I'm sure the <laughs> unboxing videos will start to go crazy soon. <laughs> wow. Now, that's cool, though. Yeah. I, I I love having a diverse collection myself. And, you know, between geckos and a few snakes, I understand what you're saying about, you know, feeding live live rodents. And yeah. it's, it does... It sucks, man. It does. It does. I don't. It's hard. I don't feed lives, and sometimes some of my ball pythons don't want to eat the frozen thawed, and you know they're gonna yeah. they'll wait till next week then, and the, yeah. hopefully they'll be hungry next week. I'm not gonna. Oh, yeah. I usually don't, you know, unless it's absolutely necessary. Will I go out and buy a live rat or a live mouse? And yeah. um, it's it it's sucks. I, I don't know. It's just part yeah, of it. You know, I happy. It's just you have the, you have like yourself. You have that 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 preservation of life in you. You know, you you're trying to help and trying to preserve life. It's kind of hard to watch. It doesn't matter. I mean, I, I understand the insects and crickets. You know, that's that's a different thing. But when it comes to like a rat, that's actually a, like a smart individ- like a smart animal. These things have a thought. Uh-huh. You know, they're not they're not just. I mean, I know they're seen as feeders, and I understand that. It's, you know, their evolution of life. But in the same sense, they're very intelligent animals, and it's kind of hard to kill something that has thought, that has an intelligent thought. You know, that's horrible. It's just hard for me to do and continue to do, you know? I'll find a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> find them what, if we, uh, what if we make some kind of um, uh, vegetarian protein sauces type thing and just sent it with a mouse? Do you think the snake will eat it and digest it? I mean, it? It, if, if we could get just like a like a, it doesn't have to be vegetarian. If it, I mean, I have no problem feeding a, a processed animal as long as I don't have to see the process going on. You know, I mean, could, you know, yeah. if I can give a, a snake right. a nice, uh, you know, a, a kabasal that had a good protein shake in it, that'd be great. You know, I'd be so much happier with that, and it'd probably be healthier for the snake because he could take it down a lot easier. It'd be a great shape. Right. Just a, be done. <laughs> you know, that, I always thought just, about that. Yeah. I mean, a snake, a snake really can't see the shape of a mouse and. Um, yeah, you know, sure. ever since I was a kid, I was like, well, what if we could come up with something that's like in a package that you can buy frozen? They look like little sausage links, perhaps, and you know, mm-hmm. it's ground up, ground up rodents or whatever it is, and it's really? scented with a with a rodent smell, and uh, we could defrost them and feed them to the snakes. It would go down easier. Yeah. There's no legs or anything. It's kind of smooth, like a capsule. And uh, yeah. but I never expanded on the idea. Maybe somebody will run with this idea now and make a million dollars. Oh, hopefully, somebody's but, uh, doing that. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> As long as, long as okay, I get it done, I can see my snake something without being alive. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, you know, it's, a, it's an alternative to, in this way, the mass rodent breeders can just, you know, they can breed more rodents and just process them and, you know, they probably will be the end of it. their cost of feeding. Perhaps, yeah. Well, they'd be able, they wouldn't be able to have, they'd be able to add other ingredients besides just mice, I guess, too. Right, so, right, and vitamins and nutrition that could be necessary for them. Medication. Well, that's, that's the other thing. You know, snakes, though, we, you know, we, we dust our insects and everything with calcium and uh, vitamins and everything. And, you know, for snakes, it's basically whatever those eight rodents ate. Uh, well, that's because they don't, they, don't, they don't process the, the, the D3 vitamin from sunlight. So that's why they don't really require it. They're, they're the one original animal. Like, that's the one reptile that can really, as long as the temperatures are correct, they can live through almost anything. You know, they're, they're very original animals. Very unique. I love snakes. They're very special animals. Like, if people really would like study them more and see their their actual like traits and whatnot, they're not bad animals at all. They're very unique animals, and they're amazing the way they can survive and do what they have to do to live. They're very, very yeah. amazing animals. Yeah. Speaking of that, my next question to you, Mike, is, and this one I think is going to make you go off a little bit. 
What would you do if they banned exotic pets in your state? It would be really hard, man. I mean, it's it's. You know, I don't want to break the law, but I'd have to. You know, I mean, they're, they're, it, they would actually have to fight me to take my animals away from me, and it's something I do definitely fight. And I heard you uh, mentioning that about you, um, about you shark, is it? And um, I wanted to do a couple of raffles and uh, donate the money to you uh, shark and try to get them to help us. You know, because this is something that it would it would take my heart away i mean i would i would lose it if they would take my animals from me i mean this is my life i i mean it a routine that somebody has i mean besides the fact that my connection with them this is a taking a 7 to 6 hour routine away from me every day you know it it, it would be like taking my life away from me and i i wouldn't know what to do i mean i would definitely fight every day for the the rights to keep my animals but it's 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 devastating to think that somebody would try to do that. I mean, what would they cause? I mean, I, I can't see the harm in a bearded dragon or a leopard gecko, I mean, or a snake. I mean, I understand there are breeds that are large and uncontrollable, but, you know, there are places for them, you know, for exhibiting reasons only and not for pet reasons. And just, you know, the, the, the line has just been very thinned out because of all this illegal importing and exporting that's been going on. You know, it's been destroying this hobby for us because of the things that shouldn't be here. And, I mean, I can agree there are some species that should not be here. They should be in their own native species, you know, surroundings. But they somehow get here, and it destroys our, our hobby because it makes the government and everybody look and go, wow, these guys, these reptile people, they're destroying our, our world, our, our, our country with these, these animals that shouldn't be here. And it's not true. We're not trying to do nothing like that. We're just trying to bring a... A culture to us that we're not able to have here in this country, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people appreciate that because, other if it wasn't for a lot of us that we bring this to them, they wouldn't see this on a daily basis. I know for a fact that when people see a lot of my animals, they go, "Wow, I've never seen a bearded dragon have yellow like that. I've never seen one red like that. I always thought they were brown." And I really appreciate mm-hmm. you sharing that with me because otherwise I would have never seen an animal look like that. So there is appreciation to the things that we do, and it's it's rough. If they took that away from us, I think a lot of people would see a lot of impact. I mean, kids would see a huge impact. The, the community of children, they love these reptiles. They, they, it's, a, it's a lot of times their comfort zone. It's their blanket, you know, and you take that away from them, you're going to take a lot of kids you know, security, you know, it's not going to be good, you know. You know, kids need a pet, and a lot of times parents can't afford to have an animal as a dog. You know, a dog takes a lot of work. A a reptile is not as much, you know, and and Mm -hmm. for a parent to have a decision to give their child a pet, they decide to give a reptile because it's just an easier decision for the the animal, for the family in in general. You know, the animal is going to give more attention, and if it doesn't, it's not going to be affected as like a dog would. So it's a decision that... A reptile is a big deal, you know. A reptile does a lot for this community. I mean, it helps out a lot. It's not just a pet, you know. I mean, it's a it's a learning tool for people and, and children. It gives kids like ideas to what they want to do with their lives, you know. It's it's not just a pet, you know. And and I'm, I just wish people would realize that more, you know. You know, a lot of people get mm-hmm. them to be like, I have the status that I own a reptile. It's more than just having a status, guys. You know, this is. This is a life, you know, another life that you're caring for. And care for it like yeah. you do, you know? It's, it's, we do have knuckleheads that heart. get them just for shock value, though, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's it's sad when that, when that's the issue because that's the owner that's going to get rid of them very soon. And you don't realize. And they're like, you know, and, and, they, don't, and they, they don't realize they need to get rid of it until the moment's too late. And that's when it's sad. Because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I've been thinking about getting rid of them for a while, but I just haven't had the time. And I'm like, well, how don't you have the time to 
to separate yourself from somebody. I mean, if you're already going to separate yourself, take that extra bit of time because after that you won't have no more time with them. You know, it's it's sad. You know, they don't they take the they think that they're helping the animal out by waiting to the last minute, and they're not. You know, if if you know right away that the animal is not fitting in your family, find a better family for him because they deserve more than just being left aside. You know, the the heartbreaking views I see on Craigslist when I see, oh, please rehome my animal. Uh, if you look at the animal, the animal should be at a vet right now. I mean, it's like, why is he on Craigslist when you should be at a vet office right now getting hydration and, and just being fed? What is wrong with you? And you see that a lot. Right. You know, it's, it's destructing. I mean, it's heartbreaking for us in, in the reptile community when we try to give homes to these animals to good people and then we find out they're not really caring for them. It's, it's heartbreaking and it's hard. It's really hard. Well, like, what do you think the uh, yeah, and, and it's obvious that you do. Um, what, what do you think the current state, or what do you think the current image of the reptile community is to outside uh, people, to to normal everyday walk of life people? What do you think our image is? I believe that it, it's here. It is. Here it is. You know, I know you've heard this before. People fear what they don't understand. So. Mm-hmm people just don't understand the reptile. They just immediately distinguish it as a reptile. Reptiles are, are snakes and vicious animals, and they don't want to take the time to learn. And that's why I try to spend as much time to try to educate people. Like, don't don't go off on what you think you know about them. Take the time to learn about them because they're not what you think they are. You know, you, you categorize it as a reptile, a dog. People that just do that, they're never going to learn. They're never going to want to learn, you know, and those people need to. They need to open their eyes for just one minute and realize that it, we we get labeled as, you know, and I don't know if you've heard this before, but uh, the typical char- characteristics of a reptile owner is a tattooed person that is um, uh, closed off from the from community and very sheltered. That's not right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it's a very, very common I hear all the time and I'm like I'm not very sheltered I do have tattoos but I'm not very sheltered I'm actually a very outgoing person as you you can see in my videos and I love to help and talk so you know it's not Mm -hmm. true it's just you don't want to give me the chance to teach you what I want to teach you of these animals and and it's not let me rephrase I'm not trying to teach anybody anything I'm just trying to share with you what I know you know because I'm not a teacher I'm not no master of anything I myself am always learning and I don't mind learning either you know if anybody's hey you know, I tried this out with my dragon and it worked out. I like if you share that with me because I like to share that with my friends as well if there's something that works, you know. I have no problem learning. That's one thing that we should all be, you know, willing to do is learn every single day because we can never stop learning. These animals are changing all the time. And every day something new comes up or even a new medication or whatever that not everybody knows about. And it's great that we share that with our community so that way we're all educated and, and prepared. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it, and, and I think... The current image is, you know, people that don't know about us, uh, you know, think we're all tattooed misfits or whatever. And I have tattoos as well, and I'm not a yeah. misfit. I, I was raised to have uh, morals, ethics, and class. You know, I'm not, I'm not like uh, uh, some weirdo or anything. But people do feel yeah. that, you know, at least the people that think we're crazy are the people that have yeah. fears of reptiles ingrained in them. And yeah. if people would just, if, if they knew what we knew, Mike, and it's a shame because these animals are fascinating and they're not, yeah. you know, they're not weird and crazy. And, it, and, and it's just, yeah, there are people in the community that have big voices and they are that, you know, stereotypical thing. But, you know, it's just not, it's not permaculture as a whole, you know. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's people like that in all different types of areas. You know, there's, 
you know, we got misfits in 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 sports. I mean, you know what I mean? It's not. It's it's, oh, it's yeah. a shame that it's a shame that we're being all you know put together in, in a negative labeled in an exact. That's the word I was looking for in a in a negative light like that. And it, it, it's terrible. It's so. And it's unfortunate. Label, it's labelizing like in general is, is just negative. I mean, that's something we should have been trying to leave our way from around. Labelizing is what causes us to be racist towards each other. So getting away from that is the biggest positive thing we can do because by categorizing us is basically being racist towards us and bringing a different racism. Is, it, it is. And it, if people don't understand that, what racism is is, subs, is basically separating us from everybody else. We're not different from nobody else. Just because we own a reptile doesn't mean we're different. We're the same loving person that you know a long time ago. We just found a love in these animals that you obviously can't, and that's not a big deal because it's not for everybody to love. But just understand what my passion is, you know. A lot of people call me a hoarder because I have so many animals, but that's just my passion. It's just what I love, you know. I don't, I don't call it a, a hoarding. I call it a collection of, of my family. That's it. You know, it, yeah, it's terrible exactly. to be labeled, you know. It's terrible to be labeled. Like, you know, it, you you live in a in a, in, a, in a state where labeling should not be even allowed. I mean, honestly, there's so many different cultures and stuff like that that, you know, how can they point a finger anywhere? You know, it's horrible. Exactly. Yeah, it's 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 true. It's it's part of it's part of life. That I believe that the problem is bigger though. I believe that you know a lot of our rights, privacies, and liberties are being chiseled away at, and you know this is just one yeah. more on the list. But um, yeah. you know, sooner or later we got to fight for it. I, I believe that. It's, Reptile world is going to fight for it, and I'm, I do have some. I, I'm optimistic about the outcome. I'm, I'm optimistic that people are getting fed up, and uh, you know we're going to stand up for ourselves, and that's and that's good. Um, I yeah. also a little worried. I'm worried at the same time though that it may not work. But um, how do you, you know? What? You we're, we're, we're a big enough community, and we have a large enough voice that if we all stood up together, we can definitely make a change. There's a big enough community out there. We have a voice. We just need to use it. I mean, there's things we've done. I mean, some of the, the medications that have been produced have been produced because of anti-venoms from, you know, snakes and stuff like that. So, you know, there, there's a, a definite positive impact in the community that people are just not knowing, you know, and they're trying to, like, take it away from us, and it's not right. It's not right at all, you know. And if we do stand up together, it can happen. We do. But, you know, it, it, it takes a, a group to do it. It doesn't take a single person, and that's the thing. Like you, you're doing here, which is a great thing, which I really appreciate. And I, I don't know why I haven't listened more often, but this radio station is great, you know. I wish there was one for Bearded Dragons. I don't know if I should start one, but, you know, it, this is awesome. This is really great, you know, because you're bringing, you're reaching out further and further to the community that needs to be out there, you know, and needs to come back and support each other, you know, try to, you know, keep from being taken our, our rights away from as owners and breeders and whatnot. Hey, Mike, I got an idea for you. Um, part of my plan for a radio show is uh, to not just focus on geckos, but to do everything. And if you'd like yeah. to, uh, you know, if, I, I just had an idea. If you don't decide to do your own show, if you do decide to, to do your own show, I will back you 100% and help you promote it. If you want to do uh, like a bi-monthly episode just for dragons and you want to co-host it with me, um, I'll be happy to work with you and do something like that too. That's perfect. That'd be great. You know, that's that's since you already have already such a huge, great following, that'd be perfect because, you know, already having a group is already that, just getting the, the following is hard enough. You know, and since you already have such a great following, it'd be just perfect. You know, I could just squeeze in and ho hopefully grow your uh, 
your audience bigger with the Bearded Dragon group and hopefully get the Bearded Dragon followers to start picking up on the Leo and probably pick up their own geckos, start a different calling oh, of their own. Well, let's talk about it during the week, and we can work out all the details about it. We definitely will. We definitely, definitely will. Awesome. All right, hold on, Mike. We're going to take a quick break. We're at the halfway point, and I want to let everybody know that uh, in the second half is open for calls. So if you guys would like to call in and ask a question of Mike, Now's your chance. Mike is going to be giving away a uh, to a lucky listener a citrus, a baby citrus dragon from one of his next projects. It's not hasn't hatched yet, but um, well, the ones no, the, the ones that I have right now from uh, Nova and uh, Sa- uh, Sasha, the babies that are growing right now, they'll be ready in four to five weeks. I'll be giving one of those away. Awesome. Okay. Cool. So here's how it's going to work, everyone. Um, we're going to take the calls in the second half when we come back from the break. The call-in number is six four six. Four seven eight five three three one. Again, it's six four six four seven eight five three three one. I'll post it in the chat room. Um, call in with your question. You can you can either stay on the line while your question is being answered, or you can say um, I'll take my answer off the air. And this way, I'll let you go, and you can answer. You can hear Mike's answer while you're listening on the off the air. But um, what I'm going to do is anybody that calls in, I'm going to take your phone number and I'm going to take your information, and at the end of the show, tonight or tomorrow afternoon, I will put them in a random name generator. And whoever that random name generator picks is going to win the dragon. Now, of course, the winner is going to pay shipping, and if for any reason Mike feels you're not capable of caring for this, uh, you're going to have to deal with his wrath. And he'll tell you, nope, he'll tell you, nope, you're not getting the dragon. But uh, I'm sure I'm sure everybody in here is, is going to be able to care for it properly. Yes. Most people that listen to this show are hardcore uh, reptile people anyway. So, all right. Uh, so let's go ahead and take that break, and we'll be back in a few minutes, everybody. Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by Rainbow Mealworms is the largest worm grower in the world and selling to the public since 1956. If you need the highest quality mealworms, superworms, and crickets for your pets, contact them at www.rainbowmealworms.net. Gecko Boa Reptiles is your source for the highest quality leopard gecko morphs and wild types from white and yellows to radars, amazing tremper morphs, and rare subspecies. John is a world-class breeder and extremely knowledgeable. If you're looking for something truly special in geckos, contact John Scarborough at geckoboa.com and on Facebook. abdragons.com is your source for the highest quality doobie roaches, whether you're starting a colony of your own or just need feeders for your insect-eating herps. abdragons.com can't be beat in quality or price. They are also a huge distributor of FlexWatt Reptile Heat Tape and have very competitive pricing. Check out abdragons.com online and on Facebook. Dale's Bearded Dragons is your one-stop source for any reptile supply products that you may need from Exoterra, Zoomed, Rapashi, Repcal, Fluker, and much, much more, and all at 20 to 50% cheaper than your local pet store or big chain pet store. They are also the biggest reptile supply distributor at most of the Northeast Expos. Contact them directly online at dalesbeardeddragons.com or 
message me on Facebook, and I'll put you in touch with the owner. And if you're looking for quality food for your dubia roaches, crickets, mealworms, and superworms, look no further than MS2 Premium Insect Chow. Made with reptiles in mind, it contains no dog food, cat food, or chicken mash. Using only vegetable proteins and high-quality ingredients, MS2 Premium Insect Chow will have your feeders making a beeline for it. Contact ms2ent.weebly.com or it can also be purchased at Rainbow Mealworms and AB Dragons. Okay, everybody, we are back. And uh, again, we are speaking with Mike Behrens of Weeby Reptiles. And uh, you guys can check him out on YouTube at www.youtube.com slash user slash M-B-E-H-R-E-N-D-S 3277. Or just type in Weeby Space Reptiles and uh, you'll, you'll get to his channel pretty easily, I believe. And um, I just want to mention that uh, you guys uh, should really take advantage of our sponsors to the show. They uh, give discounts to our listeners. Mention Gecko Nation Radio uh, when you're going to purchase anything, especially uh, I see that Reno from AB Dragons is in the chat room tonight. What's up, Reno? Uh, Reno gives a 5% discount on all his orders if you type in Gecko in checkout. And Reno has the world's best dubia roaches and He's a huge supplier of the FlexWatt heat tape, the real stuff, the good, safe heat tape. So definitely take advantage of Reno's uh, awesome generosity and awesome uh, roaches. They're, they are the best roaches. He does amazing things with roaches. So uh, definitely check it out, everybody. And um, we're going to get into our second half now with uh, our phone calls with Mike. I see that uh, the phone call, the phone line is uh, starting to uh, – line up here with some callers. The number to call in everybody uh, one more time is 646-478-5331. I'm going to put that in the chat room for you as well. So it's there. And go right there. Okay, cool. All right, let me bring Mike back. All right, Mike, you with us? Yes, sir. All right, cool. There's some callers on the line. Let's, I'm going to go ahead and take um, – some of them have been on here pretty long. I'm not sure if they're listening or not, but we're going to try them anyway. Uh, let's see. Caller from the 575 area code. You're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hi, uh, I'm sorry. How I was just listening. Okay. How you no doing, problem. Bro? Thank you. Well, you should have asked the question anyway to get put in the raffle. That's okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Here's another one. Uh, caller from the 401 area code. You're live on Gecko Nation Radio. 401, you there? Hey, bud. Hey, can you hear you? What's going just, on? You hear me? No, I think they're just listening. Was that Not you? That said, hey, bud. And, uh, okay, um, I think these are, there's a lot of people in here, but they're, I think they're just listening. I'm not sure okay, that they're calling. Fine. Oh, wait, here's, here's another go. one. Let's see. All right, caller from the 321 area code. You're live on Gecko Nation oh. Radio. Hi, um... Hello? What's going What's on, up? boss? How you doing? Oh, I'm good. Um, I just wanted to say that you make some pretty amazing dragons. Well, I really appreciate good? that, bud. Enjoying the videos in the show, in the videos? I mean, the pictures on the page? Yeah, I've seen them. They're so amazing. You got your own bearded dragon? Yeah, I got, um, I'm not, you know, 
like, super into them. Like, I don't have the amazing morphs. I just got two baby normals. That's awesome. That's great. You know, as me and Dave were just talking about that. You know, the normals should be still coming around. They're great animals. I bet they're still little cuties. You enjoying them? Yeah, they're amazing. They eat so much. Yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah. That's probably my that's probably my most entertaining part about having them. I love feeding them, you know, it's just watching them, like, hunt down those little crickets and just attack them. It's so amazing. Yeah, like, they, they're so cute, too, when they sleeve. The sexy legs. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The sexy legs are awesome. And they definitely lay in the weirdest positions when they sleep, don't they? You wake up in the next morning, you see them, and you're like, is that Yeah, like, they're completely different. Yeah. <laughs> but it's awesome, man. So, that's Caller, awesome. do you have, do you have a question you. for Mike? What's up? What? Do you have, do you a, have question a question, bud? Um, what's, what would your first morph be that you first produced? The first produced I made was a uh, hypo leatherbacks, and those were produced with um, with uh, Zeus and my girl Rainbow. Zeus is a oh, hypo leatherback, possible head trans, and my girl Rainbow is a Sandfire Ranch from Rob over at Sandfire Ranch. She's just, she has no morphs, but she's just a really nice red face. So she's a normal beardy oh. Sandfire, and then my guy Zeus with this. Have you guys seen Zeus right with the super shorts now? Yeah. Yeah, that guy. That's the first production I've ever made. Oh, yeah, and I like um, Xerxes. He's, he's a nice dragon. I've seen him on YouTube. Yeah, Xerxes, my dunner. He's a very famous guy. Everybody yeah. knows Xerxes. All right, well, cool. We've got a lot of call, callers. Yeah, we've got a lot of callers lining up. What's your, what's your name, caller? Carlos. My name is Carlos. Carlos. Carlos? Okay, I'm going to put you in the in the raffle. i got your phone number here as well, so. I'll let you know if you're okay, if you want. You. Message me on message me on Facebook, okay, dude. Okay. Thank you for calling, Carlos. Okay, bye. Thank you. All right, buddy. All right. All right. Cool. All right. Yeah, the callers just lined up. A lot of them. All right. Um, all right. Let's grab this one. Caller from the four one six area code. You're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Oh, uh, hello. Hello. Hi, caller. Hi, um, I really just want to say a really big fan of both of you guys. And oh, uh, if I start if I start stuttering, I'm I'm nervous right now. Sure, okay, but we okay. all get nervous sometimes. Yeah, okay. And uh, so, basically, uh, my question was: is uh, what is the next big uh, bearded dragon morph? And do you think you will work with it? Why or why not? Um. So the big, the next beard, big beardy morph right now is definitely the zeros, uh, because they're the freshest morphs to come out, produced by Josh Sovenberger. And um, okay. the very thing that I like about them is that Josh is a very responsible breeder, and he makes sure that the animal is very healthy before releasing it, which wasn't the case when it came to the wit splits, which is the reason why I haven't come anywhere near producing any of them, because I just wasn't very happy with the way that they released them without actually getting a good, healthy, strong baby out of them. They were, they were as soon as they were able to reproduce one of them, they immediately yeah. threw them on the market, and that was just very irresponsible. So the Zeros yeah. from Josh Ovenberger, those are the newest morphs that are out, and I do wish to get some soon. I just have to talk to him a little bit about it because they are a little bit on the higher end on the price, but I'll work something out with him where I can you know, hopefully get one from him. But, yes, I do definitely want to work with them. They're beautiful, beautiful morphs. Yeah, okay, and uh, also... Uh, with just a quick before I, I hang up, that uh, you actually inspired me to start owning uh, bearded dragons. That's awesome. And uh, 
just uh, like to say, a uh, really nice YouTube channel, both of you guys. Thank and, you. Uh, the video is good. That's awesome. Okay, cool. I really what's appreciate your, what's the your support, Um, I don't think uh, my name is Jaffe, but I, uh, it would, I live in Toronto, so I don't even think I would be able to enter that channel. Oh, that's not true, buddy. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. We we, we can get into Canada. Don't worry. Okay, okay. So uh, my name is Jaffe. And, uh, okay, cool. I got your number, Jaffe. Don't say it on the, on the air. I got it. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I know. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Later. Thanks for okay. calling, bud. Be... Good luck. Awesome. That's cool. That's see, man. People people like uh, like your your videos, and it's definitely yeah, making man. A difference. I'm, Let me tell you. I can't lie. I've Mike, heard I... a lot of people say that the videos have inspired them to own them, and that that's the greatest feeling I get when I hear that. Oh man, isn't it? That, that means you're making a difference. I have a video on there. Uh, it's got. 70,000 views of called wow. How to Convince Your Parents How to Convince Your Parents to Let You Have a Leopard Gecko. <laughs> that sounds like an amazing video. I should oh definitely God. try yeah. one of those. <laughs> you, should, you, you know what? You will. You'll get a lot of views because there's a lot of kids out there that really want to own one of these things. But, um, right. Yeah, you could see the comments. It helped out a lot of kids. And I was very um, diplomatic about it, too. So I, I made it in the sense that you know, I kept in mind that the parents were going to be watching it with the kids, and I tried to hit right. out some key points, and, uh, I, and it you know obviously that's, worked. Then you know what? You said that that's kind of true because a lot of the reasons that I get a lot of uh, my fans, and, and I get a lot of people tell me that, and, and, you know, if you guys do go out there and start to make your own YouTube channel, try to do try to make it as clean as possible because, you know, you've got to remember you have a lot of young kids out there that are following you, and you don't want to sit there and cuss and start talking profanity and stuff because, you know, your parents are going to be watching, and if they see this kind of profanity, they're not going to want to let you watch this stuff. So if you do make a video and you want to inspire and help people, try to make it clean, you know. You don't want to... You don't want to teach people how to speak like a sailor. You want to teach people to speak like a person, you know? So that's another mm-hmm. thing. If you want your, your your channel to do successful, don't cuss because parents do see that, and when they see that, they're going to restrict people from watching you. So try to make, make it as clean good. as possible. Make us look good. Mm-hmm. Make us look like we have class. Make make the reptile. You're yeah, the you know, like we have a little bit of sense video. in our head, not besides being dummies, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, good point, on. Mike. All right, let's go ahead and grab the next one here. We have a caller from, uh, let's see, a uh, caller from the 443 area code. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hello. Hello. Hi, caller, how are you? I'm good. Um, Who's this? I watch the YouTube channel, and they're very, both your guys' YouTube channels are very good. Um, the dragons are very well healthy and pretty good animals. And then I'm probably going to get some in the future. So. Nice. Very awesome. Nice. What's, uh, what's your question? So you got a question, buddy? It's awesome, Mike. Okay. That's awesome. All right. You had a question? Um, yeah, what kind of morphs are you probably going to get? Um, well, like I said, for now, the any newer morphs I'll probably pick up is probably going to hopefully be the new Wit Splits. I mean, I'm sorry, not with the zeros that Josh produced. I'm hopefully going to make those going to be the, the next morph into my collection. Hopefully I can produce some heads out of those. Non-visible, more heads. Trying to get the, uh, it be easier for you guys to be able to purchase a head than to purchase a visible. Because the visual is just mm-hmm. very expensive. And I don't want to really dabble too much into those very, very high-end dragons because not everybody's got $3,000 to pay for a dragon, you know, so... 
it, it's not fair for you guys and my followers for me to start producing animals that are going to be way out of their reach for price-wise, you know. So that's why I try to stick with the morphs that are very, very popular and very nice, but not so far out of the price range where people can't be like, you know, I don't want to spend $1,200 on an animal. You know, because when I tried that with the Dunners, it wasn't a success, you know. And, and I, I, I honestly think that what happened with the Dunners was just so quick. It was just unbelievable. It, 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 it broke my heart how fast the value of those animals went down. I mean, there's such a great morph, and for that to happen so quickly, it was just like, let me stay away from those kind of morphs. I'll just go ahead and deal with the ones that are very popular with kids that can afford it, you know, and won't break their bank to get. So I will get the zeros, but like I said, if I do get a zero, it's going to be more for my collection and to produce heads. And heads will be easier for you guys to afford and reproduce your own visibles. Okay. What's, what's your name, caller? Um, Austin West. Oh, Austin. How's it going, bud? Good. <laughs> I know Austin from the shows. Okay. Uh, all right, Austin, we're going to let you go, and I'll um, uh, just keep an eye on Gecko Nation for the results of the of the raffle tomorrow. Okay. Thank you, Austin. Talk to you later, bud. All right, thank Thanks, you bud. very much. You're welcome, bud. All right, Austin's cool. I see him at the uh, Hamburg show. Uh, all right, let's see. we got more callers here. Okay. Um, okay, caller from... Go ahead and grab. Oh, there's another four four zero one number. I guess we can try that one too. Call from the four another four zero one area code. You're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hi, Dave. Hello. Hey, who's this? This is John. Hey, hey John, John, what's up? I was just tuning in tonight, and I wanted to ask Michael a question. Actually, been yes, a long time since I've worked with Dragon. Um, hey, John, I can't hear you too well. Is this better? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is I John can... from Loki. Hey, John. Yeah, it's a little better. Hey. You're, you sound like you're a mile away. I'm sorry. Is that better? Yes, sir. No. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Is this better? That's yeah, John, get on, get on your phone. Stop being in the bathroom at the same time or something. <laughs> Actually, we, you grabbed the wrong phone, but that's okay. <laughs> you were talking okay. on the wrong cell phone? <laughs> yeah, right, we're back on that's track right. now. Let's get going, John. How are you doing, Bob? Good. How are you doing, Mike? I'm great, sir. It's great to hear from you. How are you doing? <laughs> well, it's been a long time since I've had dragons. Um, we used to breed them several years ago, and I was wondering... Mm-hmm. Have you noticed in the newer morphs if uh, egg production has actually gone down? Oh, it definitely has. It, it's because of the fact that um, a lot of the animals have actually shrunk. Because if you're saying that you you have collected uh, bearded dragons in the past, I'm sure you're used to seeing the old genetics of the German giants where they were originally like 36 inches long and almost 3 pounds. So yeah. those animals are no longer around. And because of that, you know, the productions and the eggs have done have gone down now. The ones I still see, you still do see good sized clutches of between the thirties and forties and stuff. But that typically happens with animals that are bred with just normals with a with a with a genetics. Now, if you got two genetics in it, it's very, very small clutches and typically 
you get a little a lot of uh, infertiles in the clutches as well. I've noticed because you know it's it's a morph. You know, with a morph, you have a weakness of genetics. So with that weakness, you're going to also weaken the amount of egg production and whatnot. So yeah, I, I definitely do see it. it. It has, as far as in my collection, have I've, I've noticed that if you don't do a um, a multiple pairing or a multiple you know lockup, you're not going to get multiple clutches. And in the past, I, I didn't have that problem. I, you know, one lockup would give me three to four clutches easily. And uh, recently, it would take more than one or two to actually get it to give me a multiple clutch. And sometimes I'll only get two clutches out of it. So I definitely uh, have seen the reduction. It has gone down. Oh, uh, okay. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, John. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. All right. Okay, looks like we have one more. We have another caller on. Uh, see, caller from the. Oh, okay, a whole bunch of new ones just jumped on too. Hmm. All right. Uh, wow, you're pretty popular, Weeby. There's a lot of. Uh, there's like over 30 people in the chat room tonight too, which is cool. Um, awesome. That means people. That means people love you, and that's a good thing. Mike. That's awesome, man. I do appreciate. It. I just. I, I hope I can reach out as many people and help as much as possible. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's grab this one. Caller from the two five zero. Area code, you are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Uh, hi, Mike. It's David, actually, from Victoria. Hey, David. How are you? Good, sir. How are you? Good. Um, just a couple of questions, actually, while I was listening to the show there. Um, with the uh, German Giants and the, the normals, have you ever noticed that more of them like to bang their nose on the plastic? Well, the... the what do you mean by the, the bang the nose? Well, like... You know when the, a male sees a female or a male sees a male, they like the head bob? Mm-hmm. I have one. His name's Optimus. He's my very first dragon I got four years ago. Optimus Prime. Um, yeah. <laughs> and his brother's Megatron, actually. They were rescues, and they were in the same, uh, <laughs> in the same cage, awesome. and he bit Megatron's tail off. Oh, my. Yeah, but they're all healthy now. Okay. But uh, basically, the Optimus loves to climb up on anywhere on his tank and bang his head on anything. Um. Well, that's just because he's at the sexual peak where he's trying to mate with his girl, so he's dancing as much as possible. If there's any females in the house whatsoever, he's trying his, his darndest to get to her and just reach her as much as possible. So if you want him to stop that, your best bet will be to either completely wrap his cage as far as, like, not being able to visibly see anything outward. Or just yeah, I did that with cardboard way. inside of it. Right, Actually, right. You know, you can had to shred it. Or, or you're going to have to just uh, put him in a different room altogether because the stress could bother him to the point where he'll start to lose weight. Because you got to realize, the reason why bearded dragons um, have a, a more of a solid diet than protein is because when they're older, they're not as active, so they're not burning off as much protein. But a yeah. male that is very active and glass dancing because he's sexually active and wants to get to a female, he's burning off a lot of calories. And at that time, he's not eating a lot as well, so that will stress him out and make him lose weight. So you want to try to prevent him from being so stressed out all the time. Yeah, he's actually, he's like, he stays pretty fat, but, like, I have actually put him in a different room, and he just Mm -hmm. seems to go more crazy than being in the reptile room. Wow. So, yeah, you have to definitely just cover him up. Yeah, well, yeah, there's a, I've even tried the blanket, and then he, like, he starts hissing. (laughs) (laughs) Like it gets yeah, to a point where if I, I like if good. I don't if I don't take him out for an hour every day, he like he'll lunge at the cage and try to eat me just by looking oh, wow. at him and waving. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so I mean they they want their attention, you know. They're letting you know, hey man, come talk to me, you know. Don't forget about me. I'm still here. 
know, yeah, like a beardy exactly. will, will will forget you fast if you don't give him any attention. That's one thing you got to remember, guys. You know, when you go on vacation, you come back and you're like, my beardy's all mad at me now. Well, beardy's hold a little <laughs> bit of a grudge, you know. If you haven't seen him for a week, they know that. And they're like, well, why'd you leave me? You know, what yeah. happened to our routine? <laughs> Well, no, I hope the wife's not true. listening to this, because I do give the beardies more attention than my baby. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, you guys got to realize that as well. A, a, a routine is very important for bearded dragons. When you change a routine up, it changes a lot for them. That's why when they say that even from changing them from one room to another can stress them out, it's the change. Change can really stress an animal out, especially a bearded dragon. So try to keep a routine, and when you do have a routine, stay on it, because that will give you your best results. Your animals won't stop eating because they know that that's the time to eat, and they'll always respond to eat at that time. But keeping a, okay. a tight schedule is very important. Okay. Would I be able to ask one more question? Yes, sir. Sure. Um, what is, would be the average that you would think for a six-month-old like length for a bearded dragon? Well, see, that, that, it, it, that's hard to say because all dragons grow at different rates. You know, it, it, it depends on their actual... Um, protein intake and the type of UV that you give them. If you see that they're a very hearty eater, you know, you're going to see them grow very fast. You know, I, I've had six-month-olds that are, you know, over 400 grams, and okay. then I've had six-month-olds that are 60 grams. You know, it, it, it all depends on the dragon's um, protein intake and the correct amount of calcium, multivitamins, and the good UV source. You know, you just definitely want to make sure your UV is always up-to-date and you're getting calcium with every seedings. And as babies, calcium is very important. UV is very important because as, as a human child, you know, we are, that's our, our point where we're growing the most. So the best thing we need is the best nutrition, the highest quality of nutrition to, to grow strong and healthy bones. So the same thing goes for a baby with beardy or baby reptile in general. You've got to give them the best of the best when they're babies so they can grow strong and fast. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I just have like four different ones that are all... No, yeah, I mean, actually different. <laughs> you could you could be given the same treatment and care for each one of them, and, and just some won't grow as fast, but they will hit a growth spurt, and one day yeah. you'll be like, "Wow, my guy's just twice the size out of nowhere." Yeah, my you favorite other keep runs. it up with them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Keep it up, keep it going, because sometimes the runs will surprise you and be the biggest one out of the clutch. Awesome, sweet. Well, thank you very much. No problem, Dave. We'll talk to you later. Right. Yeah. Bye. Bye. All right. Cool. Um, all right, we got another one here, Mike. You ready for some more? Yes, sir. All right, caller from the 757 area code. You're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hey, uh, this is Austin Mason. Hey, Austin. Hi, Austin. Hey. Um, so why do some of the normal scared, scaled bearded dragons have the smaller spikes and scales than um, the other ones? Well, that's a reduction scale. And the reason you're seeing that more often nowadays is because the leatherback uh, trans, I'm sorry, the leatherback uh, genetics is so popular. So a lot of people are breeding into leatherbacks because it's a really strong morph. It's not something that has a very high failure rate when it comes to the eggs. And they're very beautiful. Personally, I love the leatherbacks because when they reduce that scale, you see the patterns so amazingly. So... Because of the fact that every not everybody, but there's a lot of people out there that are, that are breeding leatherbacks into normals and leatherbacks into normals because they don't want to produce silkies by putting leather to leather, which is a very smart thing because if you don't have a lot of experience, you don't want to produce silkies. So a lot of that being said is 
you're going to see, just like you don't see a lot of normals anymore, you don't see a lot of very spiky beardies anymore because the normals are very, are, are being bred out very, like, just to the point where they're no more. You know, they're, they're not there anymore. The, the seriously, like, spiky dragons are not there anymore because we've bred them to so many different morphs and we've reduced their scale. We've, you know, we've uh, taken their the scales and made them translucent. We've taken their patterns away. You know, from doing that so much, it's changing the normal pattern of a dragon. So your typical dragon that would normally be very, very spiky, almost kind of like a hedgehog, is now a lot, a lot less. It's very reduced, and it's because we've put so many morphs into the genetics that it may not be. See, a leatherback is a co-dominant gene. It has to be visible in order to be in its genes. But there is also a new genetics that's been out for a little while. Not a people, not a lot of people know about it or have been using it. Is the uh, recessive leatherbacks. Now, that's a genetics that's been coming up from Germany that Josh brought to us and has made it strong here in the community. But not many people know about it because I guess they're just not understanding about the micro scale. That's another form that in order to make micro scale, you need the two uh, recessive leatherbacks. That's a whole other morph that, you know, it's, like I said, it's not very popular because not many people know about the recessive gene. A lot of people don't even know that they have it. And they, you know, it's just... But that's what's been causing a lot of the dragons to lose their scales and reducing it because there's so many people breeding leatherbacks that in the clutch you'll have normals, leathers, and you'll have uh, you'll have half normal, half leather. But even the half that is normal scale will still have a lot of reduction because the leatherback is a reduction of the scale. So you'll see a lot of smaller scale dragons. Okay, because yeah, my I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, my normal bearded dragon is uh, it's. Uh, spikes are like twice the size of the um, my hypo, and I have no right. wondering why they're so much different. Well, but the the reason that being is because you see right there your hypo at some point in its life or at some point in its family tree might have had some type of leatherback brought into it. So yeah. that baby is probably a sibling to a leatherback. And that being being said, it tails down to a smaller amount. And like you said, your normal your normal beardy is just really, really intensely spiky because he's more of an original bearded dragon. Yeah. Hmm. The spikes on a bearded dragon was the original... It's basically their only defense. They were like all reptiles have one thing that they use to defend themselves. For a bearded dragon, their only defense is because they don't have no poison and they don't have no large uh, fangs, it's their spiky, spiky scales. So when prey comes and tries to bite them, it, it, the scales deters them from trying to bite them because they don't feel like a good meal because it's, it's just a painful meal. It's not something they want to go through. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You know, cool. Thanks for calling in. Us. Yeah, thanks. All right, bye. All right, bye. All right. Let's grab another one. we got lots of callers here. All right. Caller okay. um, 401, uh, another 401-662. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hey, guys. It's Chrissy with Loki Reptiles. Hey, Chrissy. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Great. Doing good. Um, I had a couple of questions. Uh-huh. Um, it's been, as Joan said, it's been a few years since we've had dragons, but I'm just curious, do you brewmate your your dragons before you breed them? Well, here's the thing. With Florida, it's kind of hard. In order, in order for us to brewmate, we would have to force our animals to, and I don't force my animals to brewmate because this isn't a business for me. You know, this is my hobby. So if my girls don't want to breed one year, that pairing is not going to happen that year. It's just how it goes. 
you know. So for people that do do it for a business, they do force their animals to brumate, and the process of brumating is not is not harmful at all. The purpose of doing it is to kind of help them ovulate more. It, it allows them to cleanse their body out, you know, take out any, because, you know, females store semen for up to two years. And um, even if you brumate them one year and breed them the next year, they can still have some of the resor- uh, leftover semen from the previous breeding. So brumation is diffi- definitely done by big breeders because they want to make sure that when they do the next pairing, nothing's mixed in there with the previous pairings of semen. So I personally don't do it. But if it is necessary for others to do it because they want to have a great success rate for their clutches, I personally, like I said, it's my hobby, so I don't force my girls to do it. But, yeah, it is, it is something that is practice. Other people do definitely do put their animals in cremation, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. It, they, you know, the animal doesn't go through any painful or anything like that. It's actually very healthy for them because, you know, they're able to cleanse their body. They slow down. They, they release every toxin in their body, and they, they, they start fresh. It's, they're actually very healthy and very active when they come out of brumation, so it's a good thing. Right. It sounds like it's a natural thing for them. Oh, yeah, it definitely oh. is. But see, in Australia, you have southern and northern, and in the southern parts of Australia are much warmer than the northern parts, and it stays warmer, and it won't snow. So those animals down there won't brumate ever. Because right. the temperatures won't go low enough to make, force them to brew meat. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Okay. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, I have a question, if you don't mind. No. Um, sure. What, what kind of what kind of do you use a substrate with your dragons, or do you use paper towel, or nothing at all? I personally see substrates is it's it's probably one of the most controversial topics about bearded dragons. I know, I you know. know. Everybody wants to, you know, I mean, and look, I, I get the question so many times and then I explain my reasons and they come back at me and they still have sand and I'm like, look, you know, my <laughs> reasons is this. Impaxus is a very big deal, okay? I know that there's many animals out there that have lived their entire life on sand and never had that problem, but you're going to find that one dragon that's going to have that impaction and it's going to be yours. So why take mm-hmm. the chance of being yours? You know, if, if it's known, it's a proven fact. It's not something that just, you know, people keep complaining about it. It's a proven fact that sand causes impactions with dragons. So using any type of substrate is just not just safe. Now, when they, people that try to say, okay, you know, you, your, your argument, not saying you, but a people's argument is, well, the pet stores say that it's calcium sand and it'll digest in their system. Okay, here's my argument to that. Do you think that pet store is going to tell you, don't buy that sand? No, they're not oh, going to tell you that. They're going to tell you buy two either. bags. They're going to tell you buy two bags and come back next month and buy two more. No, yeah, that's going to be horrible for your animals. You know what I'm saying? They've got to sell their products, so they're not going to tell you not to buy it. So my suggestion and my, my best, I mean, the best results that I have with my animals is I just use a just straight tile, floor tile with a nice texture on it. The reason I use the tile is it's easier to keep clean. Okay, sand will retain urine will retain poop. And when you do that, you're going to build bacteria. That's not good. Mm -hmm. Everybody's like, well, I clean my sand out every day. As many times as you clean it, there's still going to be bacteria built up in there. Because urine, they will pee in their sleep. They will pee in the morning when you're not there. And you're not going to find that one. And that's going to cause bacteria. And it can cause mold. And it cause problems. So why bring that into your animal's thing? And here's another question I'm going to ask to everybody. Now, bearded dragons, everybody's first thing they say to me, well, in the wild, bearded dragons are on sand. No, they're not. 
In the wild, bearded dragons are on top of rocks where they bask at the highest point that they can get to. Okay, because on the ground, you know what they do down there? They go to the sand, they poop, and then they go right back up on the rock. So what you're doing by putting sand into their box is putting a huge litter box inside their enclosure. They don't live in mm-hmm. sand. They live on rocks. They go down to the sand when it's cold and, and, and like kind of starting to get warm underneath, but that's it. They live on rocks. They bask on rocks. They bask on heating spots. They don't sit in the sand and bask. They bask on high points, on branches and rocks. And, and elevate themselves. They don't go in the sand and, and bask. In the sand, they go and they poop, and then they go right back up <laughs> to the top of the basking spot. So what you guys are doing is you're giving them a big litter box inside their, in their, in their enclosure. Now, some people go, but I see my guy get all nuzzly and comfortable in there. Throw a blanket in there. He'll do the same thing to that. Don't worry about it. It's a big deal. Like, you, the you sand is him, very Mike. nasty. Hmm? <laughs> I said, you know, it's just a very nasty it, substance. Oh, yeah. No, I, I feel yeah. your energy because let me tell you, we get the same thing with leopard geckos in the sand. I mean, we're so tired of this whole sand issue. What I, is the I deal with it? I know. I get, you, know I you know what I tell some people? I tell some people like this. Look, do me a favor. Get you an enclosure, fill it with sand, put some pretty live rocks and, like, put some plant life in there and put a bowl and keep the beard dragon out of there because all you care about is having a pretty tank because if you're not worried about <laughs> the animal's safety, you're worried about having this pretty tank full of sand. So get your pretty pink fan and keep your dragon out of it because that's not what he wants. You know, that's all they're really concerned about. Oh, but they, it looks so pretty. I don't care that it looks pretty. It's not healthy for them, you know? And they want to look at, they want to, they want to get red-colored fan. Oh, do you know what happens to your dragon when that happens? Your, your dragon turns red heat, and that's not normal. That's not a normal thing. Why would you want your dragon looking something that it doesn't belong? You know, like, it's just wrong. <laughs> it is. It's wrong, everybody. You tell them. It's wrong, And people want to argue it. Nobody's <laughs> arguing. Eventually, the world will turn. We're on your side. All right, cool. Chris, You're definitely you on your side. Definitely. Awesome. Yeah, um, oh, I, I have it. more questions, but I don't want to monopolize your time. So, oh, yeah, that's okay. No, I appreciate you calling. We have a few other callers on. Let me grab them. We're coming to the end soon, so. Definitely. I'm always on Facebook. You can contact me anytime. Definitely. Right, definitely. Cool. Thank you so much. You're welcome, guys. All okay. right. That's Chrissy from Loki Reptiles. Loki's awesome. Love Chrissy and John. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. Let's see. Let's go ahead and grab. Uh, oh, my God. There's a lot of people in here. All right. Let's go ahead and grab this 214 area code. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hello. 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 Um, hi. Um, by the way, you, Michael, you have, I like your bearded dragon, Salem. He's, <laughs> he's very cute, how he always sticks his tongue out and licks your hand. But um, <laughs> I have a question about Pac-Man frogs. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to get one. And it says they need a heat pad. So would I place mm-hmm. the heat pad on the bottom of the cage or on the side? No, you would put it on the bottom. See, this, typically if you get a brand-new heat pad, they'll have an, a sticky side. And the sticky side, you'll just basically adhere that to the bottom of their tank. And then what you're going to do is you're going to have a nice, at least like a good six inches of substrate, which you'll use like some eco-earth and keep it very, very moist like soupy moist because they're, they can dry up very quickly. So you want to make sure they're always moist. And by putting that pad on that with all that moisture and that water, 
all you're doing is you're going to keep that water nice and warm at all times. Okay. And um, also, I have a bearded dragon here, and he eats about 20 crickets every day. Yeah. But um, So every single day I always see if um, his belly is really big, and I'm trying to make it big like your bearded dragon's <laughs> baby bellies. So... <laughs> You got a, is he pooping normally? Yeah. Perfect. And don't worry about it. That belly will keep getting on bigger. Just keep feeding him every day. Yeah. But. All right. Cool. What's your name, caller? Um, Wyatt. Wyatt. Okay. Well, thank you, Wyatt. Thanks for and, calling, And um, also, um, mm-hmm. I just want to say I think you have an amazing job, and one day I want to have a job like that. <laughs> thank you, Wyatt. Bye. That was my friend. All right. Take care. Bye. That's cool. All right. All right. Are you getting tired of calls yet? Because we've got a bunch more. We no, need... no, we can take one more. Actually, I do have to go out to one more, though. Okay, that's fine. All right. Last call. Uh, caller from, let's see, who's going to get this lucky call? I've got 15 people in here. I'm just going to pick one at random. All right. It's going to be caller from the 845 area code. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hi, good evening. Hello. Good evening. Hello. Hi, this is Dawn. And, Mike, my question to you is, you're so knowledgeable on the Bearded Dragons, I want to know if you're ever going to write a book, because I learn more from your YouTube channel than I do in any of the books I read. I don't think it's fair for me to actually make a book yet, because I don't have as much experience as, you know, Ron and... You know, Josh D and these guys that have had 20-plus years in the business. You know, I, I do have a, a grasp of knowledge of the animals, but it wouldn't be fair for me to say that I know everything because I don't. You know, I, I've, I've been in the hobby for a good time, and I do know quite a bit because I'm very very in-depth to my animals. I don't I don't just, like, do reading, but I literally just, like, I just I just bond with these animals. I, I, I feel their pains. I see their actions. I, I know, and I know all this stuff, but still... To make a book, I would actually feel more comfortable if I had a little more time under my belt. You know, I don't want to feel like, and I don't want everybody to think that, like, I'm the top beardy man in the world, because I'm not. I'm not. I just have a, a, a crazy connection to these guys. I don't know what it is. You're the top, we you're just, the top beardy guy We just guy know each other. Right I don't now. know what, you know, we, I know what they're thinking, and they know what I'm thinking, and it's just like, it works. You know, we work well together. So, you know, I, I, I definitely do want to work on getting a book going. I have a care sheet on my website, which I wish, you know, a lot of people would, you know, use because it's very helpful. And actually, that care sheet was actually done by um, uh, Real Reptiles, Cheryl. She's actually the one that wrote that for me. And I've studied and practiced that care sheet to the bottom and top. And so you guys know, Cheryl, Real Reptiles, one of the greatest breeders I've ever met and one of my biggest inspirations in this. And if you ever have anything that I can't help you with, she can definitely do that for you. But, yes, I definitely will in the future look into uh, making a, uh, an entire book about it. But for now, my, my knowledge that I have, I'm going to share on my videos. And, you know, when the time comes that I feel like I have enough knowledge to fill a little book, I'll do that, definitely. Thank you for being so inspirational. I really appreciate it. Not a problem, ma'am. I appreciate you calling. Thank you. Thanks, Don. All right, thanks. Have a good night. You too. You too. See, Mike, that's the that's people people recognize your energy, Mike, and that's that's what it is. You can't fake it. 
You can't fake it either. It's either in you or it isn't. Some people have that yeah. energy and some don't. You have the connection with the animals. It's apparent. I do. I appreciate that. I really do, Dave. Hey, thank yeah. you so and much for letting me get the chance to reach out to everybody today. No, absolutely. And that's what I was just going to tell you. Now's your chance to um, now's your chance to have any closing remarks and uh, for for the listeners, and uh, and then we'll uh, definitely let you go. And I just want to tell you, thank you so much for coming on. You're an awesome guest. Anytime you're welcome, and I look forward to talking this week about that uh, that idea. So thank but you so much, Dave. Okay. And, um, yeah. I just want to finish off telling everybody I really appreciate you guys. You guys are all huge inspirations to me as well. You know, I'm not just an inspiration to you guys. You guys are inspirations to me because with the growth of my followers and fans and, and support, it makes me feel good that what I'm doing is making a difference. And without you guys, honestly, I keep saying it and I mean it every day, without you guys there would not be a Weeby Reptiles. So I appreciate all your support. I really thank you guys so much for always being there and backing me up and continuously following me on my videos and coming onto this show and showing support today. And uh, like Dave said, we are definitely going to talk about making this a regular routine, so I can definitely get more calls in. I do apologize for not getting more in today, but it is a little late now, and I am about to get the hit the hay for the babies. But again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, guys, and thank you, David, for giving me the chance to reach out to all my friends and fans out there. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. You know, we can do this again. Awesome. All right, Mike, thanks again, and uh, I look forward to talking to you during the week. Thank you again, Dave. You guys have a great night. All right. All right, later. Good night. All right, everybody. See? Now, that's that's what I like. I like that kind of energy. And that is a guy that loves his animals. <laughs> nobody can nobody can say any different, okay? Anybody who says that Mike Barron's doesn't love his dragons and his animals is a liar. <laughs> um, wow, that's cool. You know, I like the idea, too, of uh, he's very knowledgeable about dragons. He knows what he's talking about. I like the idea of... Uh, being able to bring you guys a regular dragon show. And um, uh, like I said, me and Michael definitely talk about that uh, during the week and try to put something together for you all. Uh, that'd be really cool. All right, I'm going to go ahead and play the outro, and I'm going to come back with my closing remarks. Check this out. Oh, and then I'm going to play a cool song at the end of the show. Gecko Nation Radio is a David Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. The jazz music you heard tonight was generously donated and created by Jeremy Turgeon of J&D Reptiles. Thank you very much, Jeremy, for the great musical pieces. You can check out Jeremy at J&D Reptiles on YouTube and on Facebook. And a very special thank you to our news anchor, graphic designer, and audio tech, Steve Barker. All the graphics, audio sponsor plugs, and music overlays were assembled by Steve. Check out Steve on YouTube at BC Barker Creations. He has some terrific videos for the herb community with amazing geckos and snakes. Please support the U.S. Herpeticultural Alliance and U.S. ARC. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to support both of these organizations. Please donate to U.S. ARC so that they have the funds needed to legally protect pet owners' rights nationwide. You can donate to the U.S. ARC Legal Defense Fund at www.usarc.org. If you would also like to learn about advocacy and how you can take action on a state and local level, please subscribe to the U.S. Herpeticultural Alliance newsletter and blog 
at www.usherp.org. Okay, everybody. Another awesome episode of Gecko Nation Radio comes to a close. And uh, I want to thank everybody, number one, that's in the chat room, all our fans, everybody in the Gecko Nation group. I am going to do the raffle. And um, and for all you guys that are in the in the chat room right now and you want to know the results of the, the raffle, make sure you uh, keep an eye on the Gecko Nation group tomorrow afternoon uh, into the early evening hours. I'm going to do it sometime during the day. And... Um, tell you who won, and you're going to get a citrus uh, dragon from Weeby. And if you're uh, a child, of course, you're going to have to have your parents' permission in order to receive the dragon. Um, as far as closing remarks, um, this is one of those episodes that I'm just really proud to have done, and uh, I like Mike's energy. I like the message he got across. You can tell he's passionate about this, and um, he's got some great opinions on basically the state of the community, uh, you know, breeding in general. He touched on some interesting points and uh, something we should all consider. Um, if you're thinking about becoming a big breeder and think you're going to make a lot of money, chances are you're probably not. There's a lot of competition. Most of us just break even, even with big collections. All right, it's very difficult. So um, think about it, learn from others, and ask questions from other breeders and find out if it's really something you want to do. But breeding on a small scale just for fun, there's nothing wrong with that either. So I would say... If you're planning on doing some breedings, you know, invest in the most highest quality animals that you can so you're, you know, limiting your chances of, you know, having to deal with vet bills and all kinds of problems. Buy from a good breeder, support the good people in the community, and, uh, you know, put your money where you feel it's going to do the most good. Send it to a breeder or to a person that you respect a lot and that's doing good in the community And because uh, your money is powerful. Put it in a good direction. All right. Now, just before we, before I play this really cool song that I think you guys are going to like, um, I just want to reiterate that this Tuesday is a special auxiliary episode of Gecko Nation Radio, and we have uh, Drew, Lenny, and Angel from Crawling Critters Radio, and they are starting their show back up again, and we're going to have them on Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, to talk about that. And we didn't do the news tonight because Steve was busy, so we're going to do the news on Tuesday. So definitely tune in for that. And also next Sunday is the great Ron Tremper. So don't miss that, everybody. Um, All right. You guys like Western movies? I like a few Westerns. This is from the absolute best Western movie that there is. Check it out.
I love you, Gecko Nation. Gecko Nation Radio, signing off. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.